Hi, this is Patricia. And this is Christina. And this is What They're Worth. A podcast exposing the truths of everyday people who are willing to enter the beautiful mess of foster care and adoption. We're glad you're here. Hello, everybody. We have with us two very cool people. I'm sure you'll be excited to listen to them and be very intrigued. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in and have them introduce themselves and tell us uh, their kind of role in foster care adoption and, and what our conversation might be about today, what you might hear. So we are Roger and Anne-Marie Jackson. We just figured out, well, my husband figured out yesterday that we've uh, we got engaged 20 years ago yesterday. So um, yeah, we it'll be our 20 year wedding anniversary this year. So that's quite a milestone to clock you up. You do not look it. Mm-mm. You guys, I know listeners can't hear, see work you, it. but you do not look it. So that is awesome. <laughs> Share those secrets too. Yes. Young, young and foolish. Well, we're from, we're from the UK and now we live in Seattle. So we never see the sun. So that's our secret. We live in the darkness. It's hard to age when, when you live in the dark. Sure. But um, we've been married. We went to design school together. That's how we met. Um, we both had separate design careers. And um, I always felt called to start my own line of home goods. And I dreamt of doing that for about, well, as soon as I finished university. So that's, gosh, 2002. But then I've worked with a lot of corporate businesses here in the US designing signature artwork for them Mm -hmm. and products. And Roger had his design career um, in industrial design. So that means he's worked on things like Xbox and Google Mini, um, Boeing products, a lot of different things. And gadgets. Yeah, gadgets and technology. (laughs) But uh, when was it? About three years ago, we felt um, called Mm -hmm. out to become a a foster family. And I don't think we really knew what we were getting into, did we? I don't think anyone does. (laughs) No. (laughs) Why would you? Gross. Nobody does. Crazy, crazy Um, world. Little confession. I'm a little bit fangirling right now that you have ties to anthropology or have had ties... I, I was listening to that. I was like, I know, I know. I like dream of affording anthropology. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, this lady is so amazing. Maybe she I, can make pillows for us yeah. on the world. Yeah. I designed rugs that I could never afford, even with my 50% discount. Oh. So $3,000 rugs, you know, yeah. that's just not a reality for me with children and pets. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we've seen photos of them. We've seen photos <laughs> of them. We, we pin them on our Pinterest board. <laughs> that's so funny. So that's really how it is. You design it. You don't get it for free when you design it. I feel like that's... No, I wish. I wish, that's yeah. Crazy. So I... I've been a, an employee, and but I've also been a, a consultant. So as a consultant, you come in and um, you're, you solve a problem for the company that you're working for or provide a service. So I did trend forecasting for anthropology and created artwork for the tabletop home interior so products. Cool. So, yeah, that was fun. And now I work for another home goods line as a consultant, and the line's uh, front gate and so I work with them 
five days a week, but I've used all that sort of knowledge to leverage it um, for our home goods. And that's kind of where everything collided. The are hearts breaking for the foster care system and the lack of resources and the lack of conversation there is around foster mm-hmm. care. Um, we were completely ignorant to the fact that there are over 400,000 kids in foster care yep. on every and any given day mm-hmm. here in the US. That just blew my mind. And when the Super Bowl was on, I think, what were they saying? That you could fill four Super Bowl stadiums with the amount of foster kids mm-hmm. we have. That's that's disgraceful. (laughs) It's disgraceful, you know, and America being um, a developed country and for this to be going on. So we wanted to start talking about that because my friends in the design industry didn't really have a clue either. And also we wanted to um, raise money so that we could support foster kids um, and families. So we partner with National Angels, which is out of Austin, Texas. They have um, chapters all across the nation. They just opened one in Seattle, which is really exciting. And what they do is they walk alongside families that are fostering and provide what they call a love box. So once a month, they come with things that the family would need, not just for the foster children, but also for the bio children, because I'm sure you know that, you know, when you have these kids come into your home, maybe your community members and your church family come out and, you know, are so generous. And then your children are like, well, you know, what about us? <laughs> what do <are> we <laughs> chop liver? <laughs> So um, National Angels serves the whole family and then, you know, they provide a little bit of respite as well. So maybe they take the foster child to taekwondo lessons or whatever their desire is to do because they don't always get to do their extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. that um, children normally get to do. So they get to pick an activity and that could be something something as simple as going to the library and picking out books and reading and having that one-on-one attention which is something you know they haven't had in the past so um yeah that's where it all sort of collided our faith our abilities to design and uh, what we'd learned in our careers and we just felt that you know, that's really what faith should look like. It should be doing stuff mm-hmm. with God, like going out and um, actually making a difference. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, well, first tell us your business name and how you came yes. to that business name. Yeah. So do you want to explain that, Rog? Sure. Our business is called Through the Sea. Um, we hadn't really thought of any names ourselves. Amri's super passionate about the ocean, would love to live in it or at least Me buy too. it. We we, I love we kind ocean. of live Me we kind too. of live somewhat near water in Seattle, but it's freezing cold and it's not water you want to get in. So the no. dream is Hawaii, but <laughs> the reality is not that. And so we knew we knew water was going to be kind of a component of it. We were hoping our faith might be a component of it. And then it was our eight-year-old, now 10-year-old at the time, came to us with his Bible and opened it up. He said, I know a story about water. 
and he opened it up and it was the story of the exodus and the kind of the parting of the waters and we were like man that's what we are trying to achieve here like we're trying mm. to show people like when you come up against that big storm and there doesn't look to be a, a way ahead yeah a barrier in your life I think all of us come up against these barriers whether it's you know can I afford to go to university or, you know, my marriage is struggling instead of turning and running back to what feels safe, knowing that we can step forward in faith and that we have a mighty God that, that can, goes before us. Yeah, part away and, and make, yeah, make a path. A way through the sea. Yeah, so our brand name is Through the Sea and uh, Roger's designed us a very lovely logo. Yes, and your Instagram is lovely. <laughs> he, he, it's very beautiful he makes it very lovely I come up with the <laughs> ideas and then he actually makes it happen Isn't most marriages I are like I come up with the idea of how our house should look and then my husband needs <laughs> to make that happen somehow <laughs> I know I'd somehow, be a bit somehow. lost <laughs> so yeah I had been working on all the designs and was a bit lost in the whole process and thankfully Roger then came on board and we've been partnering for nearly a year now together unintentionally came on board <laughs> yeah that wasn't the plan no <laughs> I was quite happy in my job that I had at the time <laughs> but someone else had different plans yeah that tends to be it was funny. how it was God does it Amory yes. yeah, yeah Amory was kind of banging her head against the wall um the creative stuff's not a problem that's her talent but business-wise marketing promotion branding and all of that was a bit of a headache yeah and so she popped the question to god <laughs> and he and he responded she put a timeline on it which is pretty unusual for us we're not usually that brazen to do that but she was like i've had enough i need this in two weeks by easter i need this and then i called her on good friday i was like i think i might be losing my job on monday yeah. And she was like, oh, crap. Or not yeah, crap. And that's the reason we moved to the US. <laughs> yes. not crap now. Yeah, total, total. It's one of those ones, right, where you're just like, world's falling apart. What are we going to do? Freelance hasn't been mm. kind of coming in a lot. This is our sole income, and it's been taken away. And then just mm. to see how he works in that to be like, I'm going to give you a lump sum of money in terms mm. of a severance package and you're going to have a block of time to actually mm. try and make this happen. Because it, it's tough, right? How do, you, how do you do that? It had been a really tough season as well because we felt like it was loss after loss. First of all, we had had a foster daughter that we were, you know, head over heels in love with and, mm. you know, and she was moved from our house and, that was heartbreaking and um you know it, and then the next hit was your job but through it all God's been faithful and um you know he's made something beautiful out of mm -hmm. yeah the pieces God's hand in your in your whole story and kind of like ours too we just mm -hmm. sometimes sit back and just think how what else could it be besides God <laughs> there's no other explanation mm -hmm, no. no other logical explanation for how mm -hmm. our stories came to be and listening to yours um it, it i feel the same way like wow like you put a timeline you were brazen you're like god by this time and god was like okay here you go here's your husband i made the perfect person for you <laughs> yeah you want it your way. so in terms yeah. of your business um 
what kind of things do you make? Like tell people, you can look on their website. Like I said, it's very lovely. All of their, it's just very aesthetically pleasing. Um, but what, what are your, what is your goal? Like, what do you make? Yeah. What, and what is the, what, well, you said you're partnering with that. National Angels. Yeah. National Angels. So is that where all the funds go or does it go different places? No, 10% goes to National Angels and then the rest really goes back into the business Mm -hmm. to start growing it. And so Mm -hmm. we started with tabletop goods. And I think, you know, there's so many statistics about families um, coming around a table and a child's development and Mm -hmm. the stability of the home that our our table has always been central to our home so that seemed like naturally the best place to start and I designed like I said earlier all these lovely tablecloths for anthropology that have you know applique and embroidery and pom-poms and soon as you spill (laughs) cranberry sauce on it you're whipping it off the table and plunging it in a basin to soak and you know then really does it get ironed and put back on the table no it probably lives in the laundry for a few months and um I wanted a tablecloth that was wipeable which doesn't sound very um sophisticated Mm. and that was because there was nothing really like that on the market all the wipeable tablecloths were pretty ugly and bright um colors with yeah really chintzy and very noisy for your home and my house is noisy enough (laughs) but with children so I kind of want the interior to be hushed and relaxing and natural fibers and and these tablecloths that were on the market are full of pvc which is actually toxic Hmm. um and um so we worked to develop a coating that was non-toxic and wipeable and also prints that are subtle and fashionable and so that was like our signature product and we do these placemats that are heat resistant. So in foster care, foster children have very few choices. And I think you probably know this as your job as a therapist, the more choices you give uh, youth and children, the less likely you are to see behaviors that are labeled as bossy or controlling. So if you give them, you know, you put all the the food out on the table, family style, um, and you give them good, healthy choices, they get to choose how much goes on their plate. And so we always try and incorporate that in our family lifestyle, giving our kids and our, you know, our foster kids lots of choices. So we just bring the hot cast iron pans to the table and I'd put them on these placemats that I'd bought here in the US and they would melt and scorch and then they would just be rubbish. So we developed, um, we started working with a manufacturer in the UK and um, we have these heat resistant placemats that are heat resistant to 280. So your Dutch oven can come straight out of the oven and then go onto the table and it's no drama. So our products are really practical, but it was important they were practical, but also beautiful and a surface to express mm-hmm. artistic creativity because we're all made to be mm-hmm. creative. So um, I wanted people to feel like they can mix and match their patterns and their colors and just have fun, you know, with their I love products. that each of your products it seems so far has like a purpose and a connection to family and Mm -hmm. really really intentional about those those moments with foster children coming into your home and and really I I love that Mm -hmm. I think 
there's nothing else like that 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 caters specifically to them and their experience especially that first night in your home I think that's really beautiful yeah well I was gonna ask what about your experience or what did you see lacking in your experience with foster kids that kind of brought this up you know because I think we all have different things that we're like man it might strike us at different parts so what was it for you that was like we got to do because you're already being foster parents and then to say we want to do more Mm -hmm. what brought that well we just knew that there were so many children and we could only have so many (laughs) in our house at once of just reach yeah so we wanted more reach and we wanted to be able to inspire other people and have a platform to talk to other people to challenge them to step up in whatever way they can. And, you know, that might be becoming a foster family. It could be doing respite care, or it could be something as simple as buying, you know, clean new underwear for a foster child. Um, all of our children came to us with um, neglect and their nutrition was really lacking, you know canker sores in the mouth and dull hair and head lice lice and bed bugs um fractures all sorts of things and um Mm. we had really wonderful friends who've now moved away that soon as we came uh, the kids arrived they would bring a healthy meal to our house um and that simple act or even they even ordered out one time for us but they picked healthy nutritional options for the kids that was just priceless because I could focus we could focus on the kids and making them feel a little bit safer and a little bit more um at home instead of you know having my back turned and being at the stove um so I think if we can inspire a community of people to step up in various different ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would really love to inspire Mm -hmm. people to uh, partner with National Angels to become a love box group. And, you know, if you're into art or whatever you're into, woodworking, there are children that would just love to work with you and have time with you and some focused attention. There's a huge myth as well that, foster parents are like superhuman or super parents (laughs) which is not the case for us at least like parenting did not come naturally um we just we just saw a need and felt called to meet it but we weren't we weren't equipped we were as green as and naive as anyone else going into it and i i think that was a big component of if we can just bring greater awareness to the need that people can then choose to respond in whatever way they see fit, whether that's volunteering, whether that's providing uh, physical, uh, financially, things like that, or to the point of actually looking into becoming foster parents ourselves. But like, if we weren't made aware of the need, we wouldn't be on this path. And I think that's, with the social right. platforms today, there's you you have so much power to create awareness for a huge problem, and so just that desire. Um, I think because as a designer, like we've both been doing this for like 
don't know, 18, yeah, years. 18, 18 plus years, right? And I've designed a lot of stuff that has never come to market, like crazy concept stuff and you get patents and people protect like the ideas, but they never come to fruition. And I think that idea of like, man, is there another way that we could use our talents? Mm. And everyone has their own talents, right? It's not just design is the only path. You, you guys doing podcasts, people writing books, um, people volunteering their time and energy. There's so many ways to help. But for us, it was like, we felt we were doing a portion of it through actually fostering, but we knew that the need was greater than just the kids we had in our homes. So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, how do we mm-hmm. kind of transition almost life into yeah, this need? That's, that's beautiful. And I think just, I mean, whether it's about foster care adoption or whatever it is, but we live in such a world that we use our gifts just to pour them right back into ourselves. Yep. Right. Like I'm going to use my yep. gifts so I can make money and, buy convertibles mm-hmm. and it's just also <laughs> it's fat it's so fascinating right now yeah the self-care movement that's on right now and it's it's all about love yourself love yourself take care of yourself and that's it's totally sound advice to a certain point yeah but at a certain point like you have to get yourself to a a state that you can then help others. I think that's the key. If it, if you stay insular, if you stay internal mm-hmm. on that, it's you're not really helping. No. And, and like foster care is our thing. Like for other, like we're so inspired by so many other people, whether it's like Blake at Tom's charity water, like it doesn't. Right. I think if everyone just found their niche, their, their issue in the and world that they could be a part of yeah. their passion. Yeah. yeah. Just, you got to connect your passion because then it's less mm-hmm. work. It just comes naturally. You want to fix the problem. And so that's for whatever reason, foster care was brought to us like three years ago. And that's our, that's our issue that we're going after now. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I, I'm just going to go off of what you were saying about designing products that never actually come to market, you know, with our experience fostering we saw change in these children like we saw Mm -hmm. growth and that was so rewarding you know (laughs) when some of them came to us they had filthy mouths (laughs) and (laughs) um, (laughs) some behaviors that were a little bit challenging and we saw this you know this change and this growth in them and that was so rewarding Mm -hmm. wasn't it Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And to think that you know you can have that impact—that's a part that I think a lot of people don't talk about. You know, they we a lot of people are scared. You know, they've heard the horror stories and they're like, they're ah, real. "I can't." Yeah. Yes, it is real, and they're like, "I yeah. can't do that." And you said, "Like I'm green," and people are like, "I'm I I don't have any skills," but the um, potential to affect. Mm -hmm. change at a very crucial point i mean possibly Mm -hmm. the most traumatic because trauma that happens before but the trauma of being in care that's a trauma in itself it is and so to be able to meet a kid at that point and Mm -hmm. be a safe place and then Mm -hmm. maybe model teach and then even maybe wrap around the family too yeah yeah where else can you do that 
with the most vulnerable people in society, probably nowhere else, maybe prison. Um, but you know, I mean, being serious, there's not many other places that you can really get that and have the ability you're in your own home. You know, you have Mm -hmm. more control of some sense than you do like just going and volunteering, you know, you're actually getting to parent and around the clock yep. be with this yeah. person. And people don't always talk about the the joy of seeing those, those changes. So, and, and I think people take it for granted that their lifestyle can be a blessing to these kids because, you know, your, your husband, my husband is not hitting me, mm-hmm. you know, and they're seeing <laughs> what, a real daddy should behave like and uh, what a good marriage looks like um, and that they don't have to be worrying to provide for themselves anymore. You know, they have parents that are keeping everything in line for them and controlling things and providing things for them, letting them be kids. kids. And that's, those are really simple things that everyone does. Well, not everyone clearly, but (laughs) um potential foster families can do yeah what has been the most surprising for you in in entering the foster care world what has really like struck you all like wow we were not expecting that because we have some (laughs) years yeah I think that first of all I went into it thinking oh those parents how awful how could they do Mm. that to their kids I'm very judgmental and very quick. I was reminded, I, yeah, I learned. humbled pretty quick. Yeah, humbled very quickly um, that these parents could actually be my children as well. Mm. And they're the same age. They haven't had the opportunities. They've often been in care themselves. Yeah, so cyclical. Um, so it struck us that we needed to serve the whole family and love the whole family and and we continue to do that. And I still have communication with one of the bio mums and, and I can celebrate her, her steps that she's made. I can cheer her on and she'll send me a text like desperate for prayers, Mm. you know, and wanting to connect and wanting to hear positive things. Um, and that's, that's a shift for me. Yeah. Yeah. Same for you, Roger, or something different? Um, I, I think it's a bit of a downer, but the extent of what um, humans can do to their own, their, their own children is, it's still baffling today. Um, and the extent that trauma can, the repercussions of it's trauma, just so right? damaging on these kids and it it's you know mm-hmm. i'm getting upset mm-hmm. again talking about it but it's like it's it's just confusing especially when you have faith right and you look at some of these situations that these kids go through and you do ask those big questions of like and why why is this kid getting this lot in life when i can look at my own kids right and they haven't been mm-hmm. abused physically, sexually, neglected. neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, but that's what stokes the fire to just keep going on this path is, 
if we can if we can encourage just one other family to take up this mission and and take on one of these kids and potentially uh, adopt them permanently or to give the parents the time they need to get right and recover then that's that's success that's one less story that needs to be continue on a negative path and it's getting upstream and you had mentioned you know working with within prisons or jails and this the statistics are are staggering 80 percent of our our inmates are former foster youth so if we can get upstream and help them and um becoming trauma informed I think trauma as a word is a bit of a buzzword at the moment um, which is great because usually you used to think of PTSD as just something that affected military and it is (laughs) it can affect a child that you know a child that's misbehaving in the elementary school it could be because they have trauma and PTSD and um, so I, I, that is. Uh, How have you guys sought? I think that's a good question because a lot of people don't know how they can get some learning. What what path have you guys got to kind of educate yourselves about trauma? Yeah. Well, these podcasts that are out and books <laughs> that are being written. Um, with like the whole brain child and the body keeps score the work of dr brene brown um and we also go to a conference here in seattle called the refresh conference which happens in march just before my birthday and i'm like it's the best birthday present (laughs) because they they put on all these amazing speakers um uh that work with TBRI um, and um, you just get to you know pick which classes you take in fact there's too many classes I want to be in all of them so we often we split up so I send him to some and then I go to some and you know as a foster parent you do have to do so many hours of training a year and all of those um, that counts towards your training yeah counts towards training I think just seeing an auditorium full of people that are doing it and they they all have their horror stories they all have well at least most of them have some success stories and stuff and i think it's encouraging just to be around other people that are in the trenches with you and and be like man yeah i'm not alone in this these people because it's tough right you have friends and family that they want to be there for you they want to support you but until you are you actually do it it's really hard to comprehend yes it's a special breed I mean, we, of crazy that's what i always say yeah yeah <laughs> i mean we've had the full spectrum of of people supporting us and people saying there's no way you should do that it's so dangerous for your own kids and stuff and and i would say our kids have suffered trauma our bio kids have suffered trauma through the process of having foster kids like but hopefully they're, you know, they now are more compassionate. Um, more empathetic yeah. understanding of just how other people get to live, right? I yeah. mean, it's not always 
what their existence is. And so I think just opening their eyes, I think I'm excited to see what they'll become in the future now that they have this awareness that we didn't have. Like we we were in our 30s before we really understood it. And so to know that our boys currently 7 and 10 have had an experience and it's it's forever shaped them and hopefully it, it takes them on to great mm-hmm. things with a, mm-hmm. an empathetic heart. I heard you say two mm-hmm. things as far as becoming more trauma-informed and that was community and willingness to learn. And I think those are probably really two good takeaways for people that it's not about being perfect. It's not about having all the parenting no. skills or all the experience, but finding a community of people who do, who get it. So family and stuff is awesome, but yep. getting people who know that brand of crazy, getting plugged in yep. and having mm-hmm. a heart that is willing to learn. Because one thing I've learned in having a community is how many different kind of stories there are, how much I oh, still don't know. Every kid's different. Um, yeah. On a daily basis with my own kids, I'm like, I have no idea what to do. And I do this for a living. And yeah. so you have to be, yeah. <laughs> you have to be willing to continue to learn and not be stuck in your ways and, and be, you know, ready to open your mind and heart to people, places, ideas that you never thought you would interact with or situations you never would find yourself in. I mean, it's Um, been the same as starting this company. Like if we waited till we thought we understood mm -hmm. everything, we would never do it. And that's the same for fostering. Like we, we knew enough to do some damage in terms of starting a, company in that we could design design but we didn't know how to source the fabric look for environmentally non-toxic stuff i mean that took us six months over six months to find those material like if we'd waited we we wouldn't have spent the time doing it like building a website designing packaging like all of that like we just yeah. We have our checklist for the day and we're, we're going to learn how to do that. Like even right. I spent a day reading legal requirements on the washing instructions. Like <laughs> what do I have to have on a label? Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that before I chose to start a company, yes. but you start it and then you, you attack each of those things as they come. And it's the same with the kid that comes into your home. Mm. Like the kids we had day one were very different to the same kids we had at week four at week eight, six months in, like those kids are evolving as they become more comfortable um, within themselves and how they're expressing themselves. So it's like, if you, if you're thinking, if I just read this next book, then I might, you just gotta, Mm -hmm. just go get your license, read read on the fly and just get after it. Yeah. Resourcefulness. But we live in a time where, you know, you can pull up a million YouTube videos on trauma and um, yeah, it's not like when we grew up, we had to go to the library and check out (laughs) the book. I think that all these resources that we have are great, but sometimes they can be really overwhelming. And so like, when mm-hmm. we in my household were experiencing the trauma of our daughter for like a year and I was just I was like holding on to my computer and my phone it was just like please give me something I was like looking up every single you know response that I could take <laughs> strategy that I could try mm-hmm. and I tried so many and I remember some of them would work but you know or, or make progress 
But I remember one day just thinking and it was like praying, God, I never came to you first. I always went to somebody else who I thought was an expert on trauma, a friend, maybe another educator in special needs, or I went to the mm -hmm. computer or I did something else and I just realized, wow, those things are great, but I never came to you first. And once I started realizing that and, and going to him first, mm -hmm. then these other things that I started to do yeah. started to match up more. And True change is going to be an act of God. Yeah. And, that's, and you can be a part of it, but... The and there's so many conflicting, you know, messages, yeah. even just as a parent in general, yeah. like right yeah. now, my one and a half year old is like hitting people at school. And so I'm Googling like one and a half year old hitting at school. Is this normal? <laughs> and, you know, some people are like, no, this is not normal. You need to do this. And some people are like, oh, yes, yeah, just let it play out. And, and so I was brought back to that because, you know, then that's reality. And I was talking to my mother-in-law and I was like, I kind of wish I lived in a day where I didn't have all of this because... I rely too much on it and I compare myself too much with it. And it's hard as working parents to sort through all of that. Like, it's not like I can sit down at my desk and put all the, you know, mm. pros and cons list. <laughs> and so it's all up in my mind. And then God's like, Christina, you're being really silly. Why don't you listen to me first? And then use some of this other stuff to guide you in that way. And so I think as believers, I think often, I know personally, I do that. I rely way too much on who I think knows it all in, in worldly sense, um, rather than my father who knows it all. <laughs> and I think that yep. just links back to why we chose our name for our brand through the sea, because it starts with God doing it. It wasn't the power mm -hmm. of the Israelites just swimming through and building rafts. No, it was a, like you said, a work of God mm -hmm. that was miraculous. And the state cannot fix the things that are broken within the system. The government can't. Um, in fact, loving families can't always, you know, can't. But we believe in a God that can do miraculous things and can heal things, um, you yeah. know, in his own way. And we get to be a part of it. And I, I think that's yeah. as we Witnesses, summarize yeah. and begin to wrap up that we can be a part of it. And we've talked about this a lot on our podcast, not coming into foster care and adoption, wanting to be the hero, wanting to be the savior, mm -hmm. You're going to be disappointed because you're not going to yeah. succeed. Um, so, but you can come in saying, hey, I'm not a superhero, but I have some super cool things about me. I have some things that I'm good at. I have some gifts and some passions. Um, I'm welcome. Yeah. I'm happy to throw those in. I'm happy to help. And where those yeah. two things meet, like that's where God can do the most and will um, through the sea, even when it's hard to do what God wants to do at the end of the day and where our participation mm -hmm. wants to meet him. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of your exactly. business, where's the business at? Can we, is it available to shop? I saw, I was like browsing through your Instagram and I saw your cute packaging and all this fun stuff. Where do we find you? Where is it at? What can we look forward to? So we did a Kickstarter at the end of last year, which was really successful. I think we fundraised $25,000 in less than a month, which was crazy. Whoa. And um, so we are in the process. We literally... 
the packaging um, just arrived yesterday um, that we ordered, mm. and we're going to be sending that out to all of our funders on Kickstarter. And Roger's building a website. We do have a website that's up, but there's no shop on it at the moment. So that's what we need to build now is the retail store. Yeah. So first is just to fulfill the Kickstarter. So we have all the product in stock now. The packaging arrived. So the boys on their midwinter break will be helping us pack boxes. And <laughs> send in stuff Child labor. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then we'll focus on getting the website up. We've been able to place uh, new orders for the placemats. We still have tablecloths and tea towels and everything, um, dish towels yeah. uh, in stock. So hoping by kind of, March time, we should have the online store up where people can just start purchasing, and then yeah, and we'll have big pushes for Mother's Day um, and uh, summer weddings gifts because it's a great you know starter home product. And um, I'm in the fun process of starting trend forecasting for the next season. We just went on a research trip and. Uh, sourcing more fabrics and colors and i'm i'm doing the really fun bit you're in the happy place right <laughs> i'm now. in the happy place designing and painting poor I'm in roger. The excel spreadsheet look poor roger <laughs> tax, tax season and trying to contact everyone that didn't send us a mailing address and be like hey we have your stuff but we can't send it to you because we don't know where you live you can send it to me instead <laughs> <laughs> well that's exciting it's launching like your website very soon and mm -hmm. i know i'm excited yeah. to be browsing through that mm -hmm. um so that's that's really cool but we just thank you both so much for taking time we know you're super busy to talk with us and share your hearts for foster care and adoption and just share your selfless contribution to the cause and mm -hmm. that's what we're all about and and for being transparent about it and just spreading the word so we look forward to staying in contact with y'all, seeing what you do on Instagram with your business. I'm sure we'll buy something. I know I will. I'm excited about it. Um, but just thank you guys so much. Well, don't be strangers. We always say that Hotel Jackson is open for everyone. I love Seattle. Have... I've been there oh. one time. Yes. And I loved it. I've never been. So maybe so... we'll have to take a trip sometime. Yes. Yeah. We will. We are not shy. Yeah, and thank you if you want the sun to shine upon your face. <laughs> you may get the, the wrinkles, though. I'm just warning you, the sunspot. Yeah. Like, so it may do damage to your really good looks, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> but you're welcome here, too. Yes. Okay. Bye, all. Well, thanks for having us. You're thank welcome. You. Have a good night. All right. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of What They're Worth. If you liked today's episode, we'd love to hear from you and get a review on any of our podcast places. We'd also love to hear from you on Facebook or Instagram, comments, feedback, or if you'd like to be a potential guest. Hope to hear from you soon.